Welcome to our podcast. We hope that this content is a blessing for your life. Enjoy the message. take a moment for us to meditate on what we are doing today, this Gratitude Sunday that we always um, separate, uh, just to express thanks to the Lord in a special way. And I want, to, I want us to go to uh, Isaiah chapter 43 and uh, derive our thoughts from this chapter where uh, the Lord um, expresses His faithfulness to us. And you know, we have, um, I'm glad that uh, you guys put up that uh, card there, because we have used this card to invite you and inspire you to prepare your offerings. And we have uh, used Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, as a foundation for our giving this year. And, um, you know, we have, gone, we have gone through difficult times. I mean, th- this uh, pandemic has uh, hit everyone hard and... Uh, Many of, us, many of us have experienced all kinds of um, uh, pressure. And, um, you know, emotionally, we have been really uh, pushed sometimes to the extreme. And it, it is appropriate when you, when you think of that image of passing through the waters, you know. And, and I think the idea is of waters that are, like, really up to your neck and even beyond sometimes. So in, in, in the, through this pandemic, God has been faithful. And uh, because of that faithfulness that he manifests in all kinds of ways, we've wanted to make that the, the theme of this uh, particular year as we give to the Lord in this special way. In uh, verse 2, 43, Isaiah, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And, uh, you know, it's important to remember that uh, God doesn't say that we won't sometimes pass through the waters. You know, we're not impervious. We're not um, totally invulnerable to times of uh, tribulation and difficulty. The people of God can go through difficulties. The people of God can go through times of scarcity and want. We can go through marital problems. We, we can go through all kinds of pressures in our lives. We're not prevented by the Lord from doing that. And now the Lord does promise a special covering, a special protection. And we have all kinds of assets that the people who don't know the Lord, unfortunately, do not have. Uh, my wife was uh, sharing with me last night as we came from uh, visiting a family, um, a, a story that has appeared in the news about, um, you know, Japan, which as we know is, is not a Christian nation and also has been buffeted by the whole pandemic and all the consequences that, that come from that. You know, Japan, it says, has lost many, many more people through suicide than through the pandemic. I think up to this year, it's like 17,000 people have committed suicide in Japan because of the pandemic. It's a, it's a highly structured society, very regimented um, and, uh, you know, very orderly uh, culture. And this pandemic has upset um, the, the habits, and it has hit people hard, um, you know, financially. And so people who are very honor-bound and honor-conscious are, all, you know, all of a sudden feel that their, their reason for being, their value, has been taken away from them when they are unemployed. And all kinds of other pressures, the loneliness, the, the seclusion, the, 
the um, separation from loved ones and all these different things have led this beautiful culture, this uh, admirable civilization to extremes of uh, despair. So much so that, you know, the pandemic and all the lockdowns and all the other things has caused so many thousands of them to see no way out of uh, their difficulty and just to commit uh, suicide. Um, and we ourselves, we're, we're not, um, we're not uh, devoid of, of uh, situations like that, but we have something, you know, as believers that uh, gives us reason to hope. And that's this promise of the Lord that when we go through the inevitable difficulties of life, as Jesus has also said, in the world you shall have affliction, you shall experience suffering. But he also says that, you know, he has uh, vanquished tests and difficulties and trials, and that, that we therefore can also be um, confident that we will do the same thing. So we, we have this God who promises, yeah, you will go through the waters, but I will be with you. He says, when, when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And again, I'm, I'm visualizing a river that is just, you know, full and strong currents and you have to go through that, that kind of river. But the Lord says that they will not overwhelm you. And, uh, you know, the, the, the trials and difficulties of life are very diverse. It's not just the waters and the rivers. It's also the fire. Sometimes we are, uh, you know, at the point where we feel we're going to be consumed. How many have felt uh, like that sometime during the course of this, uh, this time, this pandemic, as uh, you have experienced, um, you know, emotional trauma? Really, the, 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 the pain that some of us have experienced that, you know, throughout this time. It has been like a fire. But the Lord says, when you, walk, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I mean, there's a limit to the kind of havoc and, and uh, trauma and loss that the enemy can inflict on us. We're not hopeless. Reminded of the words, again, of I think it's Corinthians where it says, again, that, uh, you know, we may, we may be in distress but we're not without hope. We may be buttressed by the enemy, but, um, you know, God has not allowed us to be vanquished completely. So that's the, that's the, 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 the promise and, and actually the confirmed experience of many of us through this time. The Lord has been faithful. And the, the Lord says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious. And honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. You know, I'm reminded of the value that my life has for God. You are precious. I am precious. It, doesn't, it has nothing to do with how much money you have, how much success you have in your life. It doesn't even, the, the Lord's valuing you has nothing to do even with the mistakes that you have made, the sins you have committed. The difficulties you are going through. How many times you have failed him. The struggles that you should have overcome years ago. And you still haven't. Or I still haven't. And the Lord doesn't get tired of loving us. And valuing us. And expressing his faithfulness to us. And he, he uses that image. He's willing to give nations. Complete, entire nations for us. Israel was a, an unfaithful nation. Israel was not up to the the faithfulness of God and His goodness for them. And yet God was willing to exchange entire nations for them. 
just as he is faithful with us as well. Never doubt God's goodness. And no matter where you find yourself in the process of a crisis and difficulty, remember that this God who is so faithful promises to be with you. He promises to guide you. Even when your faith is not up to the level that you, know, you would want it to be, even when you feel despaired and in despair or um, discouraged, um, you know, God says, that's okay, I'm with you. I'm committed to you for the long run. You are precious and honored in my sight. And because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, he says, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. And then uh, uh, there's a a dark note in this psalm as well that I want to speak about briefly later on. You know, in verse 20 of that psalm, you know, the the Lord has a, a splinter in his own heart toward his people as well. And talk about sometimes how we can fail the Lord. And it has something to do with, you know, what we are doing today, by the way. But it's done in a, in a negative fashion. We are here to precisely avoid doing what the Israelites did with this faithful God. Says, the Lord says, the wild animals honor me. Even the jackals and the owls. Because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen The people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. So, you know, God is doing all these wonderful, delightful things for us. And even this extraordinary God, this this all-powerful, totally self-sufficient God, there's something that we can offer to Him. There's something that can affect His heart. There's something that He expects from us. As he manifests his goodness toward us. Because he, here he, he notices and he notes that uh, there's something missing in the, in the reaction of his people toward this goodness that he expresses continually. He says, you have not, yet you have not called on me, Jacob, which is a name for Israel. You have not wearied yourselves for me. In other words, you have not exerted yourselves. You have not uh, made efforts on my behalf. Israel, you have not brought me sheep for burnt offerings, nor honored me with your sacrifices. You know, it's, it's, it's very moving that this God who fills the universe, this God who existed before any of us came into being, this God who gave origin to everything that is and who sustains everything, at the same time can be saddened and upset when we neglect them, and when we are not grateful in an abundant sort of way to Him. You have not brought me sheep for burnt offerings. You have not honored me with the sacrifices. I have not burdened you with grain offerings, nor wearied you with demands for incense. You have not bought my fragrant calamus for me, or lavished on me the fat of your sacrifices. He's speaking about all these different ways that um, you find in the book of Leviticus, which uh, the people of God could use to honor Him through their grain offerings, their burnt offerings, their thanksgiving offerings, um, their offerings for the, the sins, you know, they used various animals and um, vegetable offerings and so on. And God says, you know, I have not even, I'm not even demanded it of you. you. You have not 
exercised yourself. You have not exerted yourself in that direction. But you, you, you have not bought any fragrant columns for me, or lavished me with the fat of your sacrifices. You have, you have, but you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. So it's a very rich psalm. You know, beyond that verse that we chose, you know, it is speaking about something that we also need to do in reaction to um, this uh, great God. And that's why we have this, this offering. You know, years ago, I, I conceived of this idea of using Thanksgiving um, weekend as a way of doing something different. Because we come every Sunday, and, you know, we come on Wednesdays, and we give our offerings to the Lord. And, you know, that can become a routine. And uh, even when we are faithful to the Lord, and we give to the Lord our tithes, and so on and so forth, you know, even that, we can start taking it for granted. And we can feel, well, you know, I fulfilled my obligation, and I've given to the Lord, and, you know, that's it. But I think, you know, there should be something fresh. There should be something uh, excessive. There should be something extraordinary when we give to the Lord. We should not be content with saying, well, you know, I paid my dues, and I've given to the Lord what He requires. And that's why I think we need also to sometimes exercise ourselves in doing something extravagant, something that forces us to think again what we are doing, to revisit it, you know, to go beyond the routine and to say, why am I doing this? Why am I giving to the Lord? And I think it's in those moments of extraordinary giving, of extraordinary praising the Lord, where we really hit the mark and we affect the heart of God. I mean, if you look at all the, the stories in the Bible and the examples that you, that you have of giving, it is this idea of, of giving extraordinarily, giving beyond the norm. You know, the, the well-known story of uh, the widow who gave all that she had. You know, there were people who were giving much more than her. There were rich people who were giving, you know, as they did, without thinking perhaps even. They were just doing it regularly. But this woman had to really consider what she was doing. She knew that that was her last quarter that she was given for a cup of coffee. She had to, you know, meditate on that and decide actively to do that. And I think that there are times in, in our lives or in the lives of a, of a church that we need to do that. You know, we need to give as we have done, you know, th through our regular tithes and offerings. But then we have to go beyond that. And I think this is what it's all about. Um, you know, but uh, this year, our giving, again, uh, even that extraordinary giving of today has a, a, an extraordinary meaning beyond, you know, the fact that we're giving more than just our tithes and offerings, because we're doing it in the light of this whole COVID-19 experience. You know, we're giving to the Lord and being grateful to the Lord really is a significant thing. Because many of us have experienced the loss of uh, loved ones, even. You know, there have been people in our community uh, who have uh, lost... Uh, uh, loved ones. And, um, you know, uh, there, there have been moments of great tribulation as well. I remember those uh, early months of the pandemic when, you know, you wake up and, man, just, just one more day of being locked at home with all the pressures that you experienced. You know, it, it's been a difficult time, moments of great tribulation, disease, loneliness, uncertainty, monotony, family difficulties that we have experienced being locked down and locked up. Division and disharmony. This has been a time of amazing conflict in our nation as well. And, uh, you know, all of these things, we have to acknowledge them. Even before we go on to the next level of also experiencing gratitude to the Lord. Many of us are mourning the, as I say, the loss of uh, people. Even, even this week, we had to um, make contact with a family that lost a, a, uh, a mother 
they have, they have been members of our church for many years. The Lord moved them in a different direction, but we have stayed in touch with them and just found out that uh, she, after a long illness with COVID, had, um, had died. And, you know, those people are experiencing loss. This week, we, you know, buried a 20-year-old young man from our church um, who died in a senseless uh, act of violence here in our city. 20 years old, beautiful young man, full of life. And there are people who are mourning. I mean, there, there, there's, uh, there are families that have experienced incalculable, inconceivable loss as well. But we don't need to get into too much detail uh, because of other reasons. But, uh, you know, th- that's, that's part of this experience of going through the waters. But God, and, you know, we had to find the words in the light of Scripture to encourage them to hold on to this promise. God, even as we go through these situations that we certainly do not want to go through, you know, God is being faithful. So even now, we're still in the middle of this whole pandemic. And, you know, in our nation, things are raging. And, you know, there are states that are experiencing uh, huge amounts of, you know, uptick in the pandemic. And all these things, you know, they, they, they uh, stress us. These are all um, circumstances of great pressure. You know, and in the, in the midst of all of that, I think the only thing for the people of God, the thing that holds us together, the things that gives us encouragement, is this idea, again, that uh, as the Bible says, that those who love God, for those who love God, all things work out for good. I always tell people when they're going through uh, places and times that, um, you know, they cannot explain. I always say that God's um, chess board is so much better bigger and so much more complex than ours. And sometimes he makes moves that we cannot explain. Sometimes things happen in our life that we cannot find the, the, the reason for it. But we know that God's goodness, even in the midst of all these situations, we choose, instead of despair, we choose to believe in the Lord. I had this experience this, this past week, as a matter of fact, of uh, telling a young woman who, again, you know, in a, in a family that had experienced a, an extraordinarily painful, painful situation, you know, really out of the ordinary, even uh, in, the, in the midst of great pain. And uh, this young woman was really, um, you know, affected in a profound sort of way to the point of not leaving her bed for a few days and, you know, wailing in the early hours of the morning at, at the, the loss that she had experienced. And, you know, I, I, I had the chance to visit the family and, and uh, speak with the family. She came out. I didn't think that she was going to come out because they had told us, you know, she's, she's in there and she just, uh, you know, cries and says, and, uh, you know, the Lord gave me words, which I think were, were, were a blessing. And, and I told her, you know, you, you have the choice right now in the midst of your loss to either, you have two ways in front of you. And one way is the way of uh, bitterness and uh, depression and locking yourself down and uh, ceasing to believe in God and to let this... Uh, horrible experience, just uh, embitter you and destroy your life and damage it. And you can just stay inside your pain and forget every other redemptive possibility. Or you can choose to bless the Lord in the midst of it, to embrace by faith the goodness of God, to wait until God brings healing to your life and helps you to not explain, but really find a place where to place your pain and uh, to experience healing 
from the Lord and to kiss his hand and, and to believe just by faith and to confess by faith that he is good, that he is in control, that he does not allow anything that doesn't have sense to, or meaning to come into your life. He's, he always has a plan. He's there. He's here right now crying with you and accompanying you. And you have the choice to believe in that until, until the moment of actual healing comes. You can choose one of these two roles because I do believe that we can do that. When we're going through um, pain and difficulty, we can choose to worship the Lord as the Apostle Paul says in Philippians. You know, he was in a jail uh, without hope, apparently. Not sure whether he was going to be able to come out with life or not. And yet there, he, he calls his readers to rejoice, um, you know, to, to, uh, to confess joy. And, and he finds that in the middle of his uh, uh, cell, he's able to minister to guards that are coming to him. And even in the midst of those people who have abandoned him or are, are, are talking ill of the gospel, you know, God is being glorified even through that as well. And, and so, uh, you know, Paul finds, you know, these redemptive elements in his pain. And we, as, as Christians who have this God with us, you know, there are, there are things that we can do in the midst of our difficulties to worship the Lord, to find hope, to find reasons to worship God. Because we have this God who says, I am with you every step of the way. You know, and for many of us, this is what has held us uh, together as a community This experience of knowing and sharing Christ. And we have found uh, through prayer, through fellowship with our brothers and sisters. I remember, you know, fondly those first uh, few weeks of uh, isolation at home. And we couldn't reach you guys. We couldn't see you because the church was locked down. And what we had was I would come in here and it would be, you know, empty except for the worship team and a couple of other stray people around. This whole place was empty. Imagine all these chairs. Uh, with all the chairs that we normally have, but everything empty. And, um, you know, we were addressing people who were invisible. But, um, you know, this idea of this fellowship of believers, and, and we, so we, we began our Zoom worship uh, and, and uh, prayer gatherings, and, and over, the, over the phone, we would get together every week with dozens and dozens of people to pray together. And that, you know, that gave me hope as a pastor that we could reach our people. We called the people up and we had conversations with them and so on. And you know what rich fellowship we had, even though we could not meet together. And, uh, you know, that, that brought us comfort and, and hope. And, uh, you know, this, this idea of having this community that was unconquerable, that we were not to be defeated and finding other ways of uh, getting together, that brought us uh, great joy and great comfort. And, uh, you know, our own prayers and, and the love of uh, family and so on and so forth. And this is why this verse of uh, Isaiah 43, 2 is so appropriate. When you go through the waters, I will be with you. The community of the saints, the life of prayer, worship, confessing the goodness of God in the midst of all kinds of pain. God says uh, in Psalm 23, you know, even though I walk... Well, the psalmist says, referring to God, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And so God invites us to set our eyes on him. As he says, there's so much here of him. I will be with you. Um, I will not allow anything to overwhelm you or overcome you.
And I, I promised myself when this whole pandemic stuff began, in March especially, you know, we, we locked down. I'm, I'm not going to let this situation vanquish me. I'm not going to let it defeat me. I'm not, not going to let it defeat our family. I'm not going to let it defeat our church. We will find the way through this situation. And, and I've always believed that, you know, the church of Jesus Christ, the, the, the Lord himself said, you know, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. I, I, no matter what difficulties we go through, the church always finds a way you know how many centuries people have been predicting the death of the church, the death of Christianity, and time and time again. The church goes through these difficulties, and it emerges stronger than ever. You know, we learn how to use technology. We, uh, we, we, we learn how, how to have community in different kinds of ways. Um, uh, we revisit our faith, and we you know, re-examine it and, and strengthen the foundations. And, and we learn about the Holy Spirit and about the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the church somehow always, I, I don't think the church is stronger than when it finds itself against the ropes, when it finds itself challenged in the midst of difficulties. And we believers, if we are strengthened by the promises of God, if we keep our eyes focused on this faithful God, I tell you, there is nothing that can overcome us. We always become stronger, and you can become stronger. The key is to keep your eyes focused on this faithfulness of God. You may not know how you're going to emerge from a particular situation. You may not have the answer, but, you know, God will always show you the way. You will not be vanquished as long as you trust in Him. Even when you cannot see the way out, you will find the solution and so I, I, I resolved, I'm going to keep whatever we can do to keep our church strong and motivated and uh, faith-filled, we're going to do that. I, I remember the, the experience, you know, the, the first uh, few weeks uh, of this thing when, again, when we were locked down, you know, one of my concerns as a pastor, you know, I, I am the shepherd of, the, of uh, this congregation along with all the others who, uh, who, who serve us, but, you know, in a sense, being the senior pastor... You know, there's a special responsibility that falls on you. And, you know, financially, I wondered, you know, how are we going to navigate this time uh, as a congregation? And, uh, you know, I think the first Sunday before we got our act together, the first one or two Sundays, you know, the, the offerings had, had gone down significantly. You know, people were still trying to find their bearings and, and so on and so forth. So I immediately sat down with our finance person and we, we drew plans to cut significantly the income of every employee in the church, and we made plans uh, because we have, to, we have to do our due diligence. We trust in God, but we also know that, again, this God who allows us to go through difficulties, um, you know, things may come, and the question is, okay, how do we navigate that? How do we, empowered by the Holy Spirit, illuminated by the Holy Spirit, find the solution to get to the other side? So we made plans, you know, we, we, as I say, we slashed uh, salaries, uh, and um, we found the places where we could cut expenses, and so on. But um, you know what? God proved himself much more faithful than we could ever have imagined. We found ways to motivate uh, people to give electronically. And we have been trying to, had been trying to do that for years, you know? And somehow, as I say, uh, necessity is the mother of all inventions. All of a sudden, you get very creative <laughs> when you got the waters, you know, just rising. And so we, we were pushed to uh, encourage people and to inform them 
And you guys, you rose to the occasion. And many of you uh, abandoned your fear of technology. And you started learning how to give through the website. And uh, we improved the access electronically. And now, you know, the majority of people are giving. You know, I, I think over 60% of our people right now are giving you know, electronically. And that has been tremendous because, you know, it, it goes beyond your capacity to be physically present. And I believe that this will be uh, a blessing to us in the future as well. And I hope that we continue doing it that way because when you're, when you're on vacation, I don't have to go hunt you down in Maine or Cape Cod to give me your tithes and offerings. You will be able to do it um, freely. And so I think, you know, I hope that we will continue doing that because it, it frees us from the constraints of, uh, you know, being physically at the church, and it helps us stabilize. So, you know, we have experience. I mean, the blessing has been that, you know, the third or fourth week, we only, we only um, reduced uh, the uh, salaries of people one week, I think it was. And then we said, wait a minute, you know, this is, uh, you know, we're experiencing a blessing here. So we immediately restored, you know, the salaries. And, and I thank the Lord for you, because the Lord uses you, you know, to perform those kinds of miracles. I, there, there was not a shower of uh, $50 bills coming from heaven. No, it, it was you guys. You were the shower. And, uh, and you guys uh, rose up to the occasion. You said, you know, we're not going to let our church suffer uh, from uh, want. And, uh, you know, the Lord blessed us in, in such an extraordinary way. And I think that, again, I think that we will be stronger because of that situation. And again, the same thing with uh, Zoom. You know, all the technologies of the internet, we have to become more savvy using technology for praise and for worship and for awana and uh, for the children's ministry, you know, on Sundays and um, our cell ministry, our discipleship. Even today, our discipleship classes are meeting regularly and we have a very healthy number of people, um, you know, taking discipleship classes of all sorts. We have even expanded our repertoire through... Um, you know, technology. We have been, become more, more savvy. You know, God has provided gifts among so many uh, here in our church. I don't even want to start naming the different people who have been so good because I, I don't want to forget anyone. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we have become so much more technologically adept and it has blessed our church in, some ki in many kinds of ways. We have been wanting for years to, to start using, uh, you know, this technology for our uh, elders' uh, meetings and, and so on and so forth and for some of our leadership meetings. And so now we're able to do things. This, this coming uh, Saturday, and I don't even know who made the announcement. Mitchell maybe did about this uh, prayer time. Yeah, but it's in Spanish, but it's okay. Some, some of you, you know, of course, are, are Latinos and speak English. Uh, uh, excuse me, Spanish. But uh, we have a, a, a prayer session from 10 to 12 on Saturday through Zoom. And, um, you know, you can go to the webpage and find out more information about it. But, uh, you know, we had 25 hours of prayer one on one occasion. And we had literally hundreds of people go through that, both the English and the Spanish ministries. And it was a glorious time because, again, the Lord forced us through this pandemic. And I know that this is going to make us stronger as a church. You know, I, I see that our church has been transformed. We will never go back to our previously limited way. And, uh, you know, we, we had to find a way to uh, stream our services on Wednesday night as well. And God used uh, Javier uh, to come up with a very convenient technology. So we have high-quality uh, streaming 
through um, very, very you know, convenient technology that the Lord has given us uh, wisdom to put together. Wednesday nights, the English ministry also has been uh, experiencing a blessing through, um, you know, reaching a lot of people through very interesting. And I invite you to get in touch with, uh, you know, our, our Wednesday night uh, services as well. We announce them uh, often on Sundays as well. So, that, you know, you can find ways to be in touch uh, and, and, and pray with us through issues of the day and so on and so forth on, on our Wednesday nights. All of these things, you know, I'm, I'm just mentioning how God has proven himself faithful and God has proven himself faithful through you. Uh, you know, God, again, financially, this uh, government stimulus package that uh, came up, you know, we were able to benefit from that in a significant sort of way. So we were able to add many, many tens of thousands of dollars to pay our, our bills and to, uh, you know, pay salaries as well. Just a, a gift from the Lord. And the Lord gave us wisdom to put that together um, at the right uh, moment. And, you know, we have continued. Not only have we had enough for ourselves and for the needs of the church, but God has allowed us to continue blessing others. So we have continued with our Saturday morning breakfast to uh, those who are homeless. Um, we have uh, continued with our clothes closet. Um, and now through this uh, hurricane, hurricanes, actually two of them that affected uh, Central America in profound sorts of ways. Even now as I speak, if you go to the original sanctuary, there's one room, very large, one of the larger rooms in that uh, space there, room 208, the second floor of the, new, of the original sanctuary. You, you can't walk in there. I mean, basically you can open the door, but there's a little space in front. That place is full of donations, even from as far as uh, Rhode Island, I think even from New York, last night some people came. And we, we have this whole uh, room full of uh, clothing, food, and all kinds of diapers and all kinds of stuff that we're going to send to Nicaragua. That was particularly done through the Nicaraguan community here. And our church is serving as a channel for thousands and thousands of dollars in donations to the people in Nicaragua. We have collected an offering which will be distributed as well uh, for the other Central American countries, uh, Guatemala and, and um, Honduras and so on and so forth, which will be distributed as well. You guys have given. You know, you have given. And, so, you know, sometimes I have felt um, slightly embarrassed to come and uncomfortable. And I, maybe I shouldn't because, you know, this is for the, the Lord. It's not for myself or anything, you know, to an offering for Central America and a gratitude offering. And there was another offering as well for, uh, the, you know, we sent uh, almost 450 boxes, was it, uh, to the, the children, the, the shoe boxes? 550. 550 shoe boxes were sent to all over, um, you know, in that, that uh, offering that, that you, you guys put together, these boxes full of gifts for children all over the world. Uh, through um, uh, Samaritan Spurs, is it? Yeah. Operation Christmas Child. And, you know, again, I, I thought to myself, man, and during this time, are people going to give? And, and you know, we exceeded by many tens uh, the, the uh, biggest offering that had been taken for that particular cause of the shoeboxes full of gifts this year. You guys have been faithful. You know, you guys have given... Uh, like that group in, in, uh, that Paul speaks about, and I don't remember the, the, the particular community, but they gave out of their limitation. They gave out of their relative poverty. This is not a time when people really are inclined 
to be generous and to give. And yet, you know, the Lord's uh, generosity has moved through you and through your hearts. And I think that that kind of giving is, is the, the most beautiful giving of all. And so we can stand here and give thanks to the Lord for all these things. Uh, you know, God has uh, allowed us to uh, provide food for hundreds of families through one of the ministries in uh, the church as well. And even now, He has provided another avenue for us to give even more to churches and to families that are needing food um, every, every, you know, every week. And God continues to use us in all these marvelous ways. There are people right now in other parts of Honduras working with uh, single moms uh, who... Uh, have nothing to eat and providing food for them as well. So many things, you know, and I, I say all this uh, to thank the Lord because in the midst of all of these difficulties, when we have passed through the waters, through the rivers, through the fire, not only have we received enough for our own selves, but God has used us to be a blessing to others. And, you know, when you give like that, when you, when you make of your life um, and you know, this is why my wife and I have always been, um, and I don't say this to garner any kind of uh, admiration from you, but you know, that is our, we, we try to live out this value of uh, uh, just giving wherever there is a need or an opportunity, if we can bless, we do it. You know why? Because we have found that this is the best investment that you can make for your own blessing and your own provision and your own prosperity. You know, there's something magnetic about giving. There is something liberating and enriching. When you give, when you make of giving an ethic, when you make of uh, sharing uh, with others, and at those moments you have to put on hold your emotions. You know, you have to just uh, find a parenthesis around the, ra the rational thing of, oh, if I give, you know, I've given enough already. I'm going to be lacking. I'm going to be needing. I'm no, it, it is where you just choose to give because the Bible says that it's better to give than to receive because the Bible says that when you give uh, in the name of Christ, you, uh, you will be blessed. You will receive. And even if you don't receive materially, you will receive in all kinds of ways. God will find extraordinary ways to bless you and to prosper you. So we have continued giving as a church. And, you know, just this past week and a half or two, it's amazing because when, when you do that, when you, when you give, and I think this is the reason why God has blessed us throughout the years as a congregation because we have had this ethic of giving and of sharing. So this week, I mean, you know, and, and, and the past week, out of the blue, we received an offering from a church that, you know, interesting enough, this church is a church plant. And they wrote us a letter with a, a check of several hundred dollars in it saying, you know, the Lord has led us to plant a church here in the city of Boston. And we wanted to honor churches that have uh, stood out as having, you know, significant ministries and blessing the community. And so we wanted to start, they said, by um, honoring the churches that are here already. So they sent us a check, a church that is just, you know, fledgling, it's just beginning, a check for several hundred dollars, um, you know, to, to bless us. And this week I found out that uh, a major... Um, charity, a, a uh, foundation, uh, has sent us a check, which, by the way, they sent it to the wrong address, so they were inquiring. So we, we're not sure whether you received the check or not, and they had sent it to the wrong address. And so they said, we want to make sure that, you know, you, you use the check. And so I called them up very quickly, by the way, and uh, 
I let them know, hey, we're here. <laughs> and this is the right address. I, so I spoke to an official, an officer of the foundation, and they will be sending a check for thousands of dollars. I, I don't know who sent it. They, they, they didn't tell me. And uh, I wanted, we wanted, of course, to thank them. They said, well, when you get the check, you know, if, if, if the person wants to be thanked, they will, we will have it included in the, in the letter of award. Uh, but if not, don't feel that you don't feel obligated to do that. So, you know, money that uh, we, 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 do not, we did not request it, we did not expect it. Another church that we partner with in significant social ministry here in the city sent us another, a check for one of our ministries, thousands of dollars, several thousands of dollars to continue that uh, social ministry as well. And, you know, I could go on and on. It, it, you know, God is so faithful because when you give to the Lord, and when you give to others, because it has to be both, vertical and horizontal, when you become a source of blessing to others, even when you are in situations of need, and that's, that's, those, are the most, those are the most powerful prophetic actions that you can do. When you don't have it all, and you don't know, you're not sure whether, you know, as you're giving, whether you're going to get it back or not or whatever, but you give just out of sheer faith. You give because the instruments say, go in this direction. Not because your emotions uh, compel you or reason tells you that you'll get it back somehow. No, you do it just because it's, it's a principle. It's a spiritual principle. And when you worship, it's, it's the same thing when you worship the Lord, when you praise Him, when you don't feel like praising Him, when you've experienced great loss, and, and yet you find a word of, of, of uh, uh, gratitude and blessing, and you praise Him with tears running down your eyes. And even with slight anger and a sense of disappointment in God because he, you expected something different from him. But you know that what you got to do is you got to praise and worship the Lord and trust that he will find a way to show you he's reasonable and he's good and he's, he makes sense. And you do it as you await that moment. You know, that sacrifice of praise is so honoring to the Lord and you will be blessed. You got to live your life like that. We cannot be like Israel. That was stingy in their expression of thankfulness. Again, gratitude has to be expressed in concrete ways. It has to be either expressed through words of praise or actions of praise. And so um, I want to ask the, the, uh, the musicians if they're uh, able to come forward. And, um, you know, I want, to, I want to encourage you people. Let, do not let... Do not let crises um, dampen your enthusiasm for the Lord. Do not allow um, situations of need to keep you down or to prevent you from being that channel of God's goodness. Even as we hear all kinds of stuff going on in the city of Boston and all over the nation, you know, um, we, we must choose to have hope. We must choose to worship the Lord. We must choose to be a channel of God's goodness and grace. He promises to be faithful. And he has done it before. He's going, he's going to do it again. Let's, let's, bow our, let's bow our heads for a moment. I want you to find that place of gratitude in your heart right now. I want you to think about that moment when you were in the midst of a great need 
and you thought that there was no way out, but somehow God brought you out of it. I can think of uh, moments like that, early in the morning, waking up, thinking, oh, one more day of this uh, monotony, and yet God somehow coming through beautifully and delighting me with a significant moment of intimacy with him. And I want to encourage you to continue motivated, to continue strong, to continue hopeful. I think the best is ahead for us. God has some great things for this church. God has some great things for your family. You have been faithful to the Lord. You have encouraged us by coming or by staying in touch in different ways, by giving uh, to uh, this church and to the kingdom. God will not allow himself to be outgiven. He will always exceed whatever you can do. And he will always prove himself faithful and good. And so, Lord, we, we are here to thank you this morning. We are here to, to tell you that we do not ignore your goodness. We do not overlook every expression, as the psalmist says in 103, Psalm 103, every expression of your faithfulness and, and, and uh, your generosity. Not one of them is lost on us. And we thank you for the fact that you have been with us up to this point and you will continue to be with us. You will continue to be faithful. And we pray for anyone who is either not experiencing yet that, that physical expression of your goodness. They may be in a, in a place of loss or in a place of uh, financial need or, or in a place of just sheer discouragement or whatever. Lord, may they hold on until they see your glory. And we bless families all over the city, those who are watching us over the internet, those who are here. We declare your goodness moving in the homes, in the families, in the marriages, in our children. And we thank you because we don't deserve your goodness. And today we are able to say thank you in very concrete ways, very detailed ways. And we thank you for that. And as we bring our offerings to you, Lord, receive them. Receive them from hearts that are just full of gratitude. <coughs> we, we honor you today, Lord. We bring these offerings as a mere deposit, a, a mere symbolism of all that uh, is in our hearts. A partial expression because we are so full of uh, your blessing and we're so full of gratitude. And we know that we will never be disappointed as we trust in you. Continue holding this church in your hands. Continue holding this community in your hands. And take us through the waters. Take us through whatever situation we might face in the future. And we know that we will not be defeated because we have trusted in you. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for tuning in. You can find more resources like this in our website, leondejuda.org, and in our social networks by searching for 
Congregación León de Judá. We look forward to being with you again. God bless you.